Hey everyone, welcome to uh, Fanboys, a TELUS running podcast with Tomek and Steve. Um, this is our third episode and we're titling this one The Greatest Race on Earth. What do you think, Tomek? You think it is? Uh, is, it, is it a race or is it a, uh, is it a tie? Yeah, how do you call it? Because <laughs> we're talking about cross country here. Correct. We're talking about cross country, and and uh, I'm I'm highlighting the old Barnum and Bailey circus of the greatest show on earth. I don't know if you knew about that. Exactly, you, love it. And so uh, I'm calling, and a lot of people call cross country the greatest foot race, um, especially world cross. It's been known um, since it started. It's its inaugural years many many years ago. It has been. Um, it used to be an annual event that was held every single year i mean it's now moved to a biannual where it flip-flops each year one year they'll have world cross-country championships and then the next year they'll have a world half marathon championships and we'll talk a lot more about that because we've got an athlete who has won um now street many streaks of winning both of these two foot races um but i don't know i, I do you think when you think about cross-country tomac having been a cross-country competitor and as a fan do you think that do you get more excited about cross than you do about a marathon or the Olympics or or what do you, how do you feel this fits in the context of um, of the of, of where you are as a fan? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I consider cross country as just the pure, pure form of competition and that nobody uh, is turning on watches. Nobody's there are no pacemakers. It's just who is the toughest on the day and, and just and it's so unpredictable from course to course is different. So, uh, you, you know, and, and there you go. And everyone is racing it. 1500 meter guys, uh, marathon guys and 5K and 10K guys. So, you know, uh, just you got to show up if you want to be the best distance guy in the world. Here's your time to prove it. Right. Absolutely. Although I have noticed lately. Tomek, that um, the 1500 meter guys and girls are not showing up very often to these um, right. events. Although we will talk about steeplers, um, especially on the women's side, this is a steeple heavy field, and the men's elite field has at least one world class steeplechaser in it. But we are still, I do wish, you know, we're, we, you and I went off um, two weeks ago, I did especially, talking about the incredible Laura Muir. And uh, God, I would love to see her in this race. Right. I think she would be perfect. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think this would be an incredible race for her. But but she did just finish up her European Championships. She had a really tough double. Um, 10K is probably a little bit of a stretch for her. Um, but I believe she would be an incredible performer here. But anyway, we digress. Um, yeah, wait, I'm with wait, you. Wait, the oh, ladies are racing 8K, no? They no, they 10K? run 10K. Oh, Both okay. races are 10K. Okay. Yeah, it's a collegiate game that is different. I This is I where see. the argument I have with um, with what the NCAA has done is we're still, in my opinion, in a sexist, sexist space. I think the women and the men should be running the same distances they do on the track. So why aren't they doing it in cross country? And they're doing it at the world level in cross country. So we need to get everybody to the same place. Now, as a coach... When I was coaching collegiately, I loved the 6K distance because it meant that my milers could be way more competitive and my 10K runners were usually tough enough to be able to, to shorten up and go down. Yeah. But maybe for the collegiates, it could be 8K. I don't know. But regardless, it just needs to be equal. So in this case, it is. The men and the women are running the same distance. And Tomek, let's talk a little bit about what cross country is. So it is a, a race usually of longer distance, at least you know when we talk about the difference between a 1500 meter or a 5k it's usually between 8k and 10k uh -huh. that's five miles and six miles 
It's usually run, it's always run on grass surface or on dirt surface. Sometimes courses are more difficult and challenging. Sometimes they are um, easier. It all depends upon um, what you see and, and, and where you're running and where they're, they're hosting these things. Um, when I coached collegiately, it was, always, it was always a very interesting game about what the course was going to look like. And you would know who your stronger, if your stronger runners would succeed better on a course or if your faster runners would succeed better on a course. And so um, there's always the game of what is going on with the terrain, what is going on with the weather, you know, in, in March. There can be different weather conditions in a variety of different places. Um, and so this is what they call the original sport, running hill and, over hill and dale, um, up and down hills, through mud. And, and I think, Tomek, most people consider cross-country, I, I used to say this and still do, that we call things a true cross-course if they're really challenging. The harder the course, the more of a true cross-country course it is. That's what do you right. think of that? Yes, and uh, you're right. Two years ago, we, it was course was completely flat and however it was in Africa in Uganda and was extremely hot so that was another challenge this year is uh, in Aarhus Denmark and that's like you said March could be anything from snow to to sunshine but for sure it's going to be mud and uh, <laughs> and it's yeah those guys in Denmark uh, having something special for everyone uh, showing up I, I'm almost as as much as we know what's on the course uh, this year I, I still think it's gonna be the athletes will have few surprises they're not expecting i think that's <laughs> that's gonna be fun yeah well let's go right into that tomek um the, the as you said the course is the race is going to be held in denmark in aarhus um they are expecting somewhere in the vicinity of five thousand people to be out on the course that's just bonkers the course is a 2000 meter loop so it's just a little bit it's 400 meters over a mile um this is the standard in in, in world cross uh always they do 2k loops or they try to the only times that they don't do 2k loops are when there are old old courses that have um perennial been perennially been held but almost always they are a loop race um done in in 2k loops so they'll be running five loops total this route is a little bit over i think it's a little bit over so they've got a little section where um the loop is a little over 2k so i think they have a little section where they've cut off and then they added on and so it's not a straight five lap race there's but basically it's it's basically going to be five laps so but the really crazy thing the fucking crazy thing <laughs> is the way this course is set up i mean I, I I cannot believe what they've got going on. So first of all, they've got a mud pit. Second of all, they've got a sand pit. Third of all, they've got a hill. It's already a hilly course, but then they've got this hill. They basically created a concrete ramp, and then they grassed it over um, where it goes up onto a art museum and then runs back down the art museum. All of this is set up at a pretty famous art museum in Denmark where they were had enough grounds where they could do this. They spent somewhere around $25 million from what I heard. No, $2.5 million to, to set the course up, not $25 million, $2.5 million to kind of get this course set up. And it's unlike probably anything we've ever seen in world cross history. Um, so there's a lot of reasons beyond just um, the the excitement of this the the what the World Cross is and what it means every year, but there's also this just amazing 
incredibly well thought out, planned out, and executed course. And Tomek, you sent me a couple of photos right before we started airing um, from Twitter from the great Tim Hutchinson, who's the the greatest commentator in the sport, in my opinion. Um, he took he took some photos on and posted them on Twitter. Tell everybody what they look like. Man, it's it's a, like no escaping a, a kind of closed area. I don't know how how wide, maybe ten meters, so about uh, thirty feet long, and it's just filled with mud, made up mud, whatever Danish mud, whatever you want to call it. But it's <laughs> no escaping. You cannot escape it, and it's I don't know how. It's not really that long, maybe like fifty yard long, maybe. And but you're just gonna run it through it five times, you know, and it's it's gonna steal your legs pretty much <laughs> well and that 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 looks to me like a shoe sucker too it looks like it's gonna suck exactly. people's shoes off i uh, the way that it looks it seems like that water has been sitting there long yeah. enough you know that's the thing that happens with pits that you make or water that stands for a while the the sediment you know at first they it turns all up but then there's usually a you know somewhere around four to five inches of of give that happens when you go through it and I, I feel f really badly for whoever the first group of athletes are that go through there but that's the thing too as we know about these cross courses the earlier races are way easier to run on this course than the later races that course will get chewed up and chewed up more and more and more and that those mud pits will turn even worse the sand pits will turn into where there's weird divots where people's feet have come through um it's going to be pretty crazy um and then there's a water jump of some sort um so any there's a mud pit there's a water pit there's sand pit and, it's and that's hills. nothing i mean that's not all there's also a huge stand that they build it's going to be filled with spectators so you're pretty <laughs> much running through the tunnel like filled with guys, drunk guys. Uh, yeah, they're calling it the Viking, the the Viking, the Viking corner, the Viking tent, or something, where the people are going to be drunk assholes are going to be screaming and yelling each loop when people come through there. <laughs> exactly. And, and the uh, the one of the main Chuck Norris. I, I don't know what's it. Well, the main. Let's go. Let's okay. wait for a second. The the okay. main thing is the other thing is is that um, I don't know if you know this. Um, I don't know if, how much you know your beer. Tomek, but um, I'm I'm a beer connoisseur, and McKaylor is an incredibly faint is a really really good beer um, company from Denmark. And uh, the crazy thing is, the guy I have a really good friend Adam Daly who's going to be on the main Telos podcast next week, who's a friend of the McKaylor guy who's a runner. He ran collegiately, and he is the main sponsor for this race. And that they're a craft beer company, make incredible beers, and they're the so there's beer all over this course. On top of the fact that they're this one section where they've got these athletes rolling through um, and then the other thing was they said they were talking about the toughest toughness of the course and how hard it would be and of course the Dutch when they think who's tough they think Chuck Norris and they tried to get Chuck Norris to come over and be a sponsor of the event or have some be, be related <laughs> into the event some way so anyway I don't know that Chuck Norris is going to make an appearance yeah. but um, suffice it to say that these motherfuckers have pulled out the stops and they have a plan to execute an incredibly entertaining and fun race. And I am really wishing that we had gotten on a plane and gone over. It would have been yeah. really cool. It's it's really special. You know, there's an article, an interview on Let's Run with the, with the guy, the organizer. So pretty much when they found out the organizing war cross, they, they went to work and the guy is, is something. He... he 
he in the article he he was called as a savior of a sport you know pretty much he explains like as much as athletes are important but the, we can save the sport by by bringing to the people you know and he did everything on that course and for these championships to to accommodate athletes and people in in equal parts which is is amazing you know and where the the also where the cross is located this year in in denmark you know i, I think it's perfect because africa america and and everyone else is just easy access you know and and i think that's that's how the cross should be it's uh, easier to get from london to arhus arhus Denmark than it is to get from austin texas to houston texas exactly exactly <laughs> so i yeah, i think so, that they may be underselling the number of participants that could be there because I, the other thing too is europe is known renowned for ha being a cross-country part of the world where cross country is you know a lot of people may not know this but even in the united states cross country is the most participated event in sport yeah well, but we, we may talk about it later it pisses me off the european countries are not sending their people to the war cross yeah they let's just, save like, that one fucking, let's 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 so, do our boohoo let's do our yeah, boohoo later let's cry just, later yeah. we'll, we'll, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's get everybody excited now and then we can then okay, we can okay, then we can try to yeah. get people pissed <laughs> off afterwards but yeah, yeah. um <laughs> Yeah, so I think that that is, it's to me, it, you, as you said, this is what the sport's about. And I think that it's so exciting and motivating and moving to me to hear about all of this. And the, there's another piece of the puzzle here too, and we're going to go into this a little bit deeper later on in the podcast. But they also have put in basically, they've opened up the field so that anybody that's oh, met a minimum yes. standard has the opportunity to get on the starting line at this race. And so that's another thing where if you've a man who's run Amazing. under 31 minutes or a woman who's run under 33 minutes um, for the 10K distance, then you have the ability to get on the starting line. And somebody might say, well, those are really fast times. Well, they are because it's a 5K, it's five times a 2K loop. And if they let everybody that wanted to get on the starting line into the race, then they would have a real challenge with having the course completely filled up, especially with as difficult as this course is going to be. Yeah. So, you know, they do have to set some kind of standards, but we'll be talking in a little bit about Let's Run. Our, our uh, Again, we love to plug Let's Run. They do all the homework for all of us, and they're decided, they, they decided to do a little a little a little uh marketing ploy for themselves and sent out a uh a, an apb an all points bulletin to see if they could get anybody to to commit who'd met that minute those minimum standards to see if they would decide to go and run club world cross and that let's run would send them and a texan kelsey bruce who i know and um her oh, coach cool. yeah. uh jacob phillips they um they uh, they decided that that would uh, that would fit with where they were at. She wasn't able to get into the Stanford meet this year, this next weekend, and so when they made this offer, they decided on I think on Sunday night, let's run, put it up, and on Monday, um, Kelsey talked to her coach, and they decided, hey, let's let's do this thing. So she got on a plane, and she's in Aarhus, Denmark, also going to be standing on the starting line. So there's even another piece here where they're really trying hard to pull in as many people as they possibly can to get people excited about an event that we know and believe is just unbelievable. So it's such a cool thing, Tomek. Yeah, um, exactly. That that was just so special. I mean, those. That was incredible when I when I learned that about Let's Run uh, doing such initiative and 
that was just just amazing and yes they they wanted really to send you know they wanted to send uh, Cesarek and 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 Paul Chalimo maybe to just try to steal the race but you know <laughs> those guys were were had a different plans uh, but yeah Kelsey's story is amazing she sent them a letter she and they just like we love it come we're gonna pay for you and then you're gonna race and so well we're gonna have a five races there right uh, they have something something new this year it's called mixed relays it's yeah it's, it's kind of crazy uh, I, I don't I, yeah I didn't read yet about what is that gonna be about but uh, well I know that that Consuelos Kip Ruda was going to be running in it. <laughs> so, oh wow, yeah, the famous steeplechaser. Yes, who yeah. the one, the one, like, the the steeplechaser who had to run with one shoe on. Um, but yeah, so there, I didn't even do my homework on that part. But there will be a fifth race that's got some kind of relay associated with it. Um, but there's the World Championship Senior Race for men and women, and then there's the World Championship Junior Race for men and women for Which boys is under, under twenty. Yeah. Correct, under twenty, and. Goodness, Tomek, we're not even going to go into the junior <laughs> field um, because it's so hard to tell. Right. But let's just say, as we discuss in the men's race and the women's race, who our who are basic potential champions will be and who we're, who we're highlighting and we want people to get excited about watching, like almost all of them were junior championship champions. Exactly. And, and we know that when there's a junior champion that gets that under 20 result, there is crazy how... Um, we're going to pay attention to them. Um, the other thing that's a little bit crazy this year, and we'll talk about this at the outset, um, two of the people that we're going to be discussing in the men's race um, could well be running in the junior race. There's an 18-year-old and a 19-year-old in the field of the senior races who are going to be in the top five that we're rec- that we're go- who we think are going to be the top five in this race. We'll talk about them in a little bit. So it's just crazy the level of talent that's coming up and how that is um, plays out. And so the, even though the junior race is not one that people talk about, and we're not going to talk about it here, we think that's probably a little bit, we, we would stretch our listenership a little bit too far to yeah. talk about junior races. Only one, one, only one sentence. For sure, only one good junior that is running junior race is the guy from Norway. Oh, that's right. Did you know that? <laughs> Inger, I didn't know. Inger Brentson's running? Yes. Really? She, wow. He's running junior race, yes. Well, that's weak right. sauce because he should be in the, in the A race. He should <laughs> be look, in the senior race. I, I, have to, I have to applaud to the guy. He raced Eurocross in December. He raced indoor, and now he's going to the cross outdoor. It's no, amazing, you know? No, I don't. I agree with you. I, I'm, not, um, I'm not poo-pooing him, right? And right, the fact right. that he ran indoors, it makes sense that he would choose to run the shorter distance. Um, but... Just everyone should know that it's very likely that he, if he were in, no matter, he's an incredibly talented runner and one of the best in the world at the fifteen hundred, um, period. But I don't think that he would beat, um, two, at least both. I don't think he would beat either of the two that we're going to be discussing, um, who are eighteen and nineteen in the Winfield. Do you think that Ingebrigtsen would beat them? No, no, no. Yeah, they're just too good. Yeah, a little bit too long for him, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's let's get into the anyway, men's. Let's get yeah. into races. So yeah. um, I will. Uh, I'll get started, and what I'm going to do is basically go through the five um, competitors that we will be discussing. I'll go through each one, and after I finish with one, then then Tomek, I'll let you pipe in and give your view on them, and and then we'll wait till we finish all the way through all five, and then we'll discuss how we think this race is going to play out, um, and then we'll make some predictions. What do you think? Yeah, sounds good. Cool. So this year's men's race 
could be one for the ages. Let's run with saying that this is going to be the best race of the year. Um, that's that's a pretty bold statement <laughs> when you consider what was going to be happening in just a couple of weeks in London, what's going to be happening in Boston, what's going to be happening in um, uh, at the World Championships um, later on this year in Doha. So, And then you've got also New York City and Chicago. So you've got marathons that are of incredible good fields. You're going to have the World Championships, both the 5 and the 10 and the marathon. Um, so this is a bold statement to call it the race of the year. But damn, I think it might be. <laughs> what do you think? It's it's. I think it's super special. I mean, I wish the cross was every year, but because it's like the every other year, and 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 the way it looks and how those favorites top guys has been performing, one as you know, it's just off the charts. So they're gonna go finally race in one race. You know, they haven't been racing each other. Uh, the cross in in Europe starts kind of November, December. So many of them raced already, uh, multiple races, and then they have a national trials. And uh, finally, now they're gonna race all together, you know, against each other. So that's that's I think it's gonna be that's that's what makes it all special. Absolutely. So our our top five athletes on the men's side, who we're gonna go through and discuss, um, two of them. One of them should be known by nearly everyone that we'll be talking about. The other one, another one is someone I think everybody should know. And if anybody has been listening closely to the Running Rogue podcast that I did with Chris before, you will know that I'm a huge fan of this athlete, a Ugandan athlete. But we have, um, and then a third runner in it is a very young um, Ethiopian runner who we've talked about in the past. But there's two other people in this race who are very, very young, who almost no one knows about and we are excited to talk about them because we think that they are three of these athletes are under the age of 20 years old and all three of them are going to be the bet are going to be there. It's almost like we're already handing them um, their accolades for what's going to happen in the future. But the problem is they've got to work through these old fogies and we're talking Jeffrey Kamwar is from Kenya is probably the is absolutely the favorite in the race. I don't think anybody could say anything other. This is he's won two World Cross Country Championships in a row back to back, um, and he's looking to get his third title. If he gets his third title here, he will go into the record books with only three, four other men who have won three World Cross Country Championships. That's um, Carlos Lopez, the Olympic gold medalist in the 1984 Olympics, who won multiple World Cross titles. The incomparable John Nagugi, who I don't know if you know Tomek, but he was my absolute hero when I was <laughs> in high school and college because it was in the 80s and the 90s. And this guy had the biggest set of testicles that's ever been seen in distance running. He won the 1988 Olympic 5,000-meter um, track race by taking the lead and running away from everyone in that entire field. And he... Character, his characteristic running style was with a low-armed run, and he would just go from the front, hammer away, and everybody was scared shitless of him. Um, and then Paul Turgot, who many people, who may, some people may not know, but he was the second best runner of his era, and the best runner of his era was Holly Gibra Selassie. Um, and Holly, the only reason why Turgot isn't considered better than Holly Gibra Selassie is how. Gibra Selassie had his number every year at the US at the World Championships and the Olympic Games. Turgot could would always run up the bridesmaid, could never get the win. And so we're never we don't talk about him in the in the annals of the greatest of all time, but he's one of the four who has won 
um, three World Cross titles. And then finally, the last one is Kenanisi Bakila, Bakaley, who everyone knows Bakaley, and he is someone we've discussed in the past as being the greatest distance runner of all time. He's slipping in that regard because he hasn't retired yet, but he and he also hasn't gotten a, a signature um, marathon win that will that will really put him over the top there. But you know that's a pretty amazing class to be in with with Joffrey Kamor. The other part of this, too, is that Joffrey Kamor has won three world half marathon championships in a row. So technically, he may actually be the best of all of these guys because he, because they don't have the world cross-country championships every year. They He has won the race that they hold in, in place of that race at the half marathon distance. And he's also the New York City marathon champion from two years ago. And this year, he was leading the New York City marathon. And we thought he was going to win that race up until the last, what? Half mile, half, mi- mile? <laughs> half yeah. mile, and he got he got passed yeah. by two people, two Ethiopians, and um, in one of the most exciting um, marathon races we've seen in many many years. So Kamwar, we know, is hungry. He's very very excited. Um, we've also paid. Um, I don't know how much you've done this. I think you probably have, um, Tomek. I've been paying really close attention because there's been a lot of chatter and and feedback on the great Iliad Kipchoge's training lead up in coming into um, his race at London. And so we have also in that lead up, we have gotten, we've heard that basically Comwar has been running step lockstep, step for step, nearly every single workout that, um, that Kipchoge has been doing. So we have it on good authority that Comwar is in fantastic shape right now. Yep. That's what it sounds. He just took it, uh, you know, he that they had a tra- tra- Kenyan trials five weeks ago, so he he didn't win it, but he just you know he's smart. He's going for the big win. Uh, looks like this this weekend, and uh, yes, I I think Patrick Sang, his coach and Kipchoge's coach, you know, uh, he knows what he's doing, and you know they've done it. It's not like it's the first time around. So uh, I I think he, he, no matter what, he's gonna be the guy to to beat, and if he doesn't win, it's pretty much gonna be surprise. Yeah, I think people, if it weren't for Kipchoge, um, I think people would call Kamwar the greatest distance runner of his era, given how much he's won and how he's won. But his his Achilles heel, his nemesis, is on the track. He's had some poor performances. Rio, it, Rio in particular, where I picked him to be the gold medal winner in Rio, he, he, he was he was even fifth or sixth or something like that. So he has a little bit of a challenge on the track, but we know he is a strong runner. Cross country is definitely going to be his forte. He's done. He's won on fast courses. He's one on slow courses his agent who was doing the talking for him earlier in the press conferences prior to the to this point prior to the race has been has basically stated that he is in an incredibly good and powerful mindset and his agent is like it's basically a foregone conclusion that he's going to win the race i think tomek and i are going to have a lot to say about that in the coming minutes but um Kamwar is definitely your favorite and i think that um if there's going to be a, if he gets beaten, it will be an upset. Would you agree with that? Would you say that it would, for most people, it would be viewed as an upset if if Kamwar doesn't win? Yes, he he he's a favorite of uh, yeah, he's he's big favorite for sure. Cool. So um, the next athlete we're going to talk about is um, the one athlete who almost beat Kamwar 
in 2017 at the last World Cross Country Championships. They were held in Uganda, and he's a Ugandan. His name is Joshua Cheptegei. He, anybody that's listened closely to prior podcasts where I've discussed him, he is my current favorite. I just love to watch the way this guy races. He's an unbelievable competitor. I have called him multiple times the next Mo Farah. I think that he is even as good on the track as he is in cross country. In 2017, he surprised the world at the at his home world cross country championships on his home course it was hotter than hell the race was run at like four o'clock three o'clock in the afternoon in in you know spring uh africa in uganda and it was supposedly like 85 or 90 degrees he was putting it he was like a minute plus ahead a minute plus ahead at like 8k ahead of of his closest competitor, who was Joffrey Comwar, who had broken away from the pack to try to pull Cheptegei in, but he couldn't do it. And it looked to me when I was watching that footage um, that it looked to me like Cheptegei, that, that, that Comwar in a lot of ways had kind of given up and had kind of just said, well, this is not going to happen. But in just epic, epic tragedy, <laughs> tragic sense, Cheptegei started to fade. He got heat stroke. Um, and his final 400 meters was one of the most painful oh, and challenging things I've ever, ever watched. Um, if you watch the 1984 women's marathon, um, where at the Olympic games in, in LA, when the woman was stumbling, that was probably the most famous, yeah. um, heat stroke scenario that people have seen. But Chepta guy was at least as bad. Um, he ended up 30th. He was in the lead ahead of everyone by a full minute. Um, and um, at the end, he ended up 30th. He was relegated to walking, crawling. His qua- his legs were buckling on him. But um, he still was a, a scorer, right? Yes. Uganda won a silver medal, it's, right? Uganda won a silver medal with because him. Because he finished, exactly. Because he finished. And, and believe me, we have only seen... All that we've ever seen from Joshua Cheptegei is that he is cut from that same cloth. I think he is um, waiting for his coronation, in my opinion, and I think that this is one of the things that makes this race so interesting. Um, one of the things about Cheptegei, though, is after the 2017 World Cross, he ended up with a knee issue. He did not have a good mm-hmm. 2017 um, year. He didn't. He didn't run in the World Cross. U.S. Cross. He might have run World U.S. Did he? I mean, sorry. Did he run in the? Um, well, he didn't run at 18 because they didn't have it. So he, he has been dealing with injury, um, on and off. And so we haven't seen him recently. He did set the 15 K world record in October. Um, he won Commonwealth 5,000 and 10,000. So the big races that he could win, he did win. Then he came back and, um, broke the 15 K world record. Um, and, Everybody was like, okay, here he comes. Here comes Joshua Cheptegei. Then he got in a car accident in December, and the photo of that was just epic. He was, uh, it's, he was very lucky to have survived the, the car crash. Um, and so we haven't seen him at full throttle, but he ran well at his, US, at his um, Ugandan National Championships. He was beaten and defeated by another gentleman we'll be talking about in a second. But I think Cheptegei is a wily old fox and that he has himself ready and he is looking for this opportunity to finally break out and show the world what he's capable of. What do you say, Tomet? Oh, man, yeah. I, yeah, I, at least he has been healthy. Yeah, those injuries were, were really disappointing uh, in the previous years. But 
Yeah, it looks like he was in a great shape in the, in the fall and the accident. So, but December looks like you know maybe that was good break for him, and and now he's on the upswing. I, I yeah, I really wish I hope this guy had a good showing, and uh, I'm all about the good race. I <laughs> I hope he will challenge Geoffrey uh, Comoro, and and you know and. Uh, those guys, especially Uganda guys, they, they so want to be like Kenya, Ethiopia, you know, for the last two years that they it, it's it's going to be huge, huge. They're going to have a huge team, big team and, and going to gonna fight to till the very end. That's for sure. So absolutely. So um, the third athlete we're going to talk about in terms of who could be in this mix is Salomon Barrega, who is um, 19 years old. Uh, he is one of actually when I said before there were two athletes that would could be running in the junior race There's actually three athletes that could be running in the junior race yeah. um, Barrega won um, an unbelievable race He won the 5,000 meters at the final race of the Diamond League, which was an incredibly interesting and, and just unbelievably fun race to watch Barrega is a kicker he the man knows how to show up and seek and destroy he pulls people in he was unbelievable in that final 200 meters at um, the that in that 5,000 meters he is the fastest 5k um, of the field in terms of his time with a 1243 which he ran last year um, he is he's won world junior championships um, and at 19 he is in an unbelievable position to do well and the other thing too is this guy has been preparing for cross country hasn't he Tomek he he jumped in and has been we've saw him in a couple of at least two different races where he jumped into cross country races in Europe in the European cycle series and um, had solid re solid results in them yeah yeah exactly that's what I was going to say um, he he kind of seems like was preparing for the worlds and and raced uh, I don't know four or five races over the winter in Europe, and uh, he won a couple. He lost some, and you know uh, the losses uh, kind of you know really show how I don't see him yet as a cross country guy. He's I think still better on a track, uh, but you know he's one of the favorites, top five for sure. But uh, I don't. Well, we can talk about predictions later, but. Uh, he for sure is gonna be leading Ethiopia. You know, they, 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 Ethiopia, Kenya, Uganda, three teams. Who's gonna go for gold? Sal Salomon Berega is is the guy from Ethiopia. Absolutely, he got second in his um, in his national championships, but. You know those races are are set up very differently in in North Africa, where you need to just get on the team, do what you need to do. And Borrega's done his homework. So where we might have just been dismissive of him, how you can dismiss a twelve forty three five k guy <laughs> is beyond me. But um, here's the reason why both Tomek and I are dismissing um, Borrega a little bit, because the next gentleman we're going to talk about, the incomparable and most epically named. Kenyan that we've ever discussed ever. His name is Ronex Kiprudo. He Ronex coming off of Chromex, Chromex which is that it's a timing company. As a and um, obviously his family, he comes from runners in some way, shape, or form because Ronex is a very unusual, unusual name in in Kenya. Um, he's he is 19 years old. He's run he ran the fastest road 10k in history. Um, recently, he ran a, a downhill course in in Spain, but he ran twenty six forty six on a downhill a downhill road race. 
Um, he's run 27-21 on the track at 19 years old. Um, he's the world junior champ in the 10,000 um, from last year. Um, and he is what I would call the young gun and the Kenyan who almost everybody's paying close attention to. And one of the reasons, and I'll, we'll give you, I'll give you this little story. I'm just going to set it up for Tomek because he's the one who sent the video footage to me and it would be disrespectful not to give him the chance to tell about this. But I got a, a text message a couple month, about a month and a half ago from Tomac and he's like have you heard of Ronex before and I'm like yeah I have how's he doing and he's like watch this video and I'm watching it and I'm like wait is that Selimon Borrega in the race Selimon Borrega was leading the race or right up at the front and Capruto Ronex Capruto was running right next to him and I'll just leave it there tell 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 the listeners what happened in that race and it's just Ronex Capruto decided to change a gear couple case to go and and just you know <laughs> And just left it Berega, you know, 1246 guy, just in the dust. It was just, and the guy didn't even look like he was, you know, really trying that hard. You know, he just looked like this cheerful young Kenyan with the big chest, you know, and bouncy stride and just running away. And yeah, he ended up beating Berega like about 30 seconds on that race. And uh, it, it's just the, the Kenyan prodigy who I really kind of looking forward uh, to see how his career develops, I just I was just amazed his his physique, you know. Uh, I mean, something else, something else for sure. Yeah, he, he we call that running someone off your wheel, and he basically blew Berega up. I mean, it, it was so fast. The acceleration was so fast, and he sustained it for so long. It was absolutely shocking the amount of ground that he put on him. And you could just see Borrega just get crushed. His soul was crushed. So, exactly. you know, we've known Borrega to be a pretty cocky motherfucker, right? Um, I think he's probably the second cockiest distance runner I've ever seen in my life. Um, the uh, What's the name of the steeplechaser who always does his crazy shit with the well, he's got a mohawk and he does his crazy dance down the last 100 when he beats everybody he's the most cocky distance runner of all time i'm forgetting his name right now but yeah, yeah. but is known for having a, a bit of a chip on his shoulder but he was decimated by ronex capruto and demolished and destroyed now that was you know five six weeks ago so things can change and Borrega may have gotten a little thorn in his side and has decided that he's not going to get blown up like that but Listen, Ronex Capruto is a name you all will be hearing about for many, many years to come, in my opinion. He is the young gun and the um, future of Kenyan distance running, in my opinion, at this point, at 19 years old. Yep, and the fifth one is is his, uh, no, it's a younger guy, 18-year-old. Yeah, Jacob so Jacob Kiplimo. Kiplimo. From Uganda, yes. Uh, yes, this is a name no one knows. Um, and uh, Exactly, that's what it, we were going to say. It, he's very unknown, um, but let's just say this. He trains in the same training group as Cheptegai. Um, he's got the same coach. He's in the same program. And um, Cheptegai has said he's the future, and that's coming from someone who knows his stuff. Um you know, Kiplimo has run 13-13 and 27-26. He was world junior cross-country champion in 2017. So here's this storyline where where Chip Tagai goes to get the win for the men at Uganda. And prior to that, um, Kiplimo did his job and got the win for the junior. Um, and, Ber and Chip Tagai went out to go get his, and he didn't finish it. But Kiplimo is in incredible shape. He's absolutely ready to go. I think he got second in the 10,000 
in 2018 um, on the track, but he seems to be much more of a road slash um, cross country guy. He defeated um, Chapter Guy um, by about 30 seconds. Um, in the first race that they ran, and in the second race that they ran together, he was only about 11 seconds in front of um, Cheptegei, which is one of the reasons why I think Cheptegei is really ready to roll. Um, but Kiplimo is, it, it is crazy to say this, Tomek, but he could be the class of this field, and we're talking about an incredible field. <laughs> I mean, I, we don't have any real good reason to tell all of you all that he is the class, but I think I haven't looked at Tomek's uh, picks yet, but I've got a feeling that our picks for this race are going to be surprising. Okay, let's let's go into a little bit and talk about how we think this race is going to go. Why don't you give folks a little bit of a play-by-play on how you think that this race will play out um, over the course of the ten thousand meters and the five laps that they'll be running? Man, I, I just keep thinking of that course. I have that mud pits and and the mountains and whatnot, and it, it's just like. I don't know how those guys gonna respond to those conditions, you know. And I just—it's so hard to pick, uh, you know. I don't think they ever run through something like that, you know. Like th- there's no mud in Kenya or or Uganda when they do the trails. They they the the races I watch in Europe over the winter that there was nothing like it, you know. There was some sand here and there, but it's like I'm just thinking, who is the strongest, you know? If I if like I was going just don't think about the strong guy but who is the strongest you know i think just they're just gonna the race is gonna go and they lap after lap we're gonna see who's gonna stay and 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 the strongest gonna just win <laughs> i you know i don't think however looks like the weather is gonna be perfect above 50 degree you know fahrenheit so you can you can pull joshua chapter guy kind of thing and and go and hopefully survive and you know but I, yeah I, I don't know i wonder if oh, another aspect is you know team race do you want to go and, <laughs> and do crazy or you want to just keep your boys together and and try to beat you know your 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 um um the team that you're fighting that that is just uh, across the border you know ethiopia and, and uganda they all they're not next to each other yeah so kenya ethiopia it's, it's uganda are are right. are basically connected by they have borders right they're they're yeah, borders yeah. especially yeah. uganda and um kenya they are they're they're even you see in their surnames there's um, a lot of cultural interplay that is very similar between yeah. the kenyans and the ugandans as opposed to the to the Ethiopians who have a completely different culture. It is shocking. I've never been to East Africa, but from what I understand and from what I've heard, th- those the cultures are so different. Um, but they're not so much in, in Uganda. But I'm interested to see how, um, how this will play out in terms of competition. So here's the thing, Tomek. I think that there are two different ways that this race plays out, okay? Okay. I think that the first play is the thing I think is going to happen. I think they're going to stay together. I think everybody's going to kind of stay together, keep an eye on each other, and you're going to see somewhere around the 6K mark, um, somewhere maybe between 6K and 7K, you'll see something play out. You're either going to see Kamwar go off the front and start to really press because he knows he's stronger and he does not want to sit around 
and wait on a kick. He has been destroyed in other races by kicks. He got destroyed in his last race over a marathon by a kick. Kamara wants no business to come down to the last 100 meters of this fucking race. And I remember how he won a half world half last year. Yes. The final 5K. He destroyed everyone. Yes. Exactly. But, but he didn't do that over the last 200 meters, right? Nope, he did it over the last 5K. 5K yes. He just kept grinding and grinding. Mm -hmm. So um, I do think you're going to see Kamwar make a move. Now, the question is, um, what did the Ugandans do? You've got the, the thing that you've got going on here with Kamwar is he is not in the same training camp as, his, as the guys on his team at least the most competitive guys that we're talking about. So he, Kip Ruto is not in the same training camp. These Kenyans are known for being, um, while they do have team tactics and they play team tactics, things have changed considerably over the last 10 to 15 years in our sport, in the sport of cross country. And the Kenyans are not as tight as they used to be. They are not, if it's going against an Ethiopian, yes, they'll suddenly they'll suddenly group back up and go after it. But if the team that they're trying to beat is Ugandans, who are basically are and sometimes in the same basic tribal structures, you know, given that the national boundaries have been set up, but they're tribal, they've got tribal connections. I I wonder how that's going to play out in this competition, because I think Kiplimo and Cheptegei they train together, they work together. I think there's going to be a race plan where they try to do something here. I don't think that they'll go off the front. It could be that they do. You know, these conditions are so bad that if you get away, it's likely you could stay away. But the problem here, Tomek, is if you get away, you are doing it in an incredibly difficult, challenging course, and you can't just try to hold form and sustain and stay away. You've got to keep grinding and getting away and getting away. You're, you're not... It, this is what happens for our listeners. When you're in these kinds of races... You see people go off the front and you think, oh, somebody can't make that up. But once you start to crater and you have someone looking at you from behind, that you've got a bullseye on your back. And people have a tendency to come after you, and that becomes a psychological game in these races. If you're not accelerating and moving away, then you're getting caught. <laughs> That's how it works. That's the psychology of the lead runner. If he's not or she is not moving away from people, then he's, then he's getting sucked up. That's just the way it works. And that athlete... If they feel like they're getting away, they can stay away. But if they feel like they're getting sucked up, I have seen it so many times at every level, from the high school level all the way to the world-class level, that once somebody's, once there's blood in the water and somebody thinks they can come get you, they will come get you on a course like this, Tomek. It could yeah. be a real problem. Yep. It's like steeplechase. If you just don't have legs, you're done. You're not coming back. So it'll either sit back, and if it sits back, it'll be Camor who makes a move, I think, um, unless, and, and if it's not, then it'll be a go, not necessarily from the gun, but maybe at the first lap or the second lap, I could see a scenario where Kip Limo and Cheptegei decide to work together to try to get away. Okay, um, so who I think do you that got that's for a, the win? Yeah. yeah, I think that that's a, pro, that's a chance that that could happen. Of uh -huh. course, I would actually say that that would be exactly what would happen if we were on a course that was anything other than the absolute crazy, difficult, monstrously challenging course that is set up for this World Cross Country Championships in Denmark. I mean, it is, it is, it is not like got monsters on it, but it is. They said it's the most steep. It's at a ten percent grade that hill is ten percent. Mm -hmm. That is a rhythm. Every there's just if somebody's a rhythm runner, they're fucked. 
You cannot run a rhythm on this course. It's going to be getting chopped up every K, every you know 500 meters or so. There's some other thing in there, whether it's screaming drunk Vikings or sand pit or a water pit or mud all over or a giant hill. One way or another, this course is coming at you. It's relentless and it's lap after lap after lap. So making a move like that and going off the front is a real challenging move. But two guys have a lot greater chance of doing it than one. And two guys who are training partners and who are looking at, at getting a, a win for their country, I think you have the makings of an upset. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're saying. Uh, let's see. So are you saying uh, two Ugandans going one, two? I, I'm going to make my predictions. So here okay. are my predictions, okay. Tomek. Um, I'm picking um, – I'm going to pick Ugandan for the win, Okay. Okay. Um, my heart wants me to go with Kiplimo because I think he's on fire right now. But I think that he got beat by Kiplimo beat chapter guy a couple of weeks ago by 11 seconds, but he beat him by 30 seconds before that. And I think chapter guy is closing in on him. And I think chapter guy just has too much experience. And I think Kiplimo will defer. Um, I think that he will, whether he has a choice in, in the matter or not. So I do think I do believe in this culture. There is a recognition of um, leaders and who your leader is, and there are tendencies where you have a stud and the stud is going to win. There's an alpha in this in in this case, and in my opinion, Chepta guy's the alpha. Um, and so I'm going to pick, even though I think Kiplimo may be a skosh better and more prepared. I think Chepta guy is going to beat him and he's going to win. And I'm picking Kiplimo for second. I'm saying the Ugandans are not only going to upset Camor, but they are going to they are going to both upset Camor. And I know that's a huge, huge call, but that's what I'm picking. I'm picking Chapter Guy for the win, Kip Limo in second. Camor, um, it's crazy to think one of the greatest of all time, the greatest of his era, and I'm picking him third at his at his World Cross Country Championships. And then I'm going with um Ronex Kipruto. I think the way that he beat everybody, he will be positioned where he needs to be. For the team titles, I'm calling um, Kenya for the wind. Even though I've got Uganda going one, two, I don't know enough about their the rest of their team. Um, now, what they I went back and looked at the results from 2017, and the Ugandans who got third, I think, in the team title with Chapter Guy falling apart, um, that would have put them 30 points further up. Now they have a completely different team than they had in 2017 which is a really possible sign that the Ugandans could take the win. But I'm just not comfortable calling a World Cross Country Championship for Kenya to get beat not only in the overall title, but to get beat in the team title as well. So I'm picking Kenya for the win, yeah. Uganda for second, Ethiopia third. Um, now, we haven't talked at all about USA. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But I think that I just don't think there's enough firepower from the Team USA to beat the Ethiopians. But I think the Ethiopians are going to get soundly trounced by the um, by the Ugandans and the Kenyans. Tell us about your picks. What do you pick? Uh, yeah, I'm picking the youngster, the one one of the two Ugandans, and it's going to be Jacob Kiplimo. I think he's just 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 a youth. I I think it's advantage, you know. Uh, you know, Geoffrey. I think. As, as strong he is and he's doing those crazy workouts with uh, Kipchoge and experience but I think um, something like that when when lots of rhythm changing and a lot of conditions uh, the, the youth so for that I'm, I'm picking Jacob Kiplimo for the win and Ronex Kipruto for the second I think those two will pull away and then and then uh, one will beat another 
And the third is you. I'm picking Geoffrey Kamwara. Gonna gonna race a little bit back last final couple miles with Joshua Cheptegei and and they, those two and Kamwara will go on the top. So those are my top four. And what about I'm the team also, title? Yeah, Kenya, Kenya for the win. And mm -hmm. actually, I'm picking Ethiopia for the second place. Oh wow! I think they're gonna they're gonna be you know t they're gonna put three guys in the top ten. Or at least two for sure, and and they're gonna um, they're just gonna run as a team, and and nothing crazy, but they they consistency I think gonna win them the silver medal, and uh, Uganda for the third. So let's talk a little bit about the team USA. I know, I think that we may have one of the better teams that we've sent to a World yeah. Cross Country Championship. Um, we haven't talked about them yet, but that's because. This elite field, we don't have a single American that's going to, in my opinion, be able to compete at this level, especially on this kind of a course. Um, you've got three guys from the same, well, four athletes that run at the same program with the same coach. Scott Simmons's program there in Colorado Springs has four of the of the team that's um, going to be at USA. So you've got Shadrach Kipchichir, who has had an incredible year. He seems to be even more on fire right now, running incredibly well. Um You've got also um, the great Staniel Kabeni, who is one of the great steeplechasers in the U.S., and he has been in the top five at the world world level at the um, in the steeplechase, um, running stride for stride, and in some cases I think may um, actually have a chance soon um, to beat, uh, what's his name from uh, the Bowerman Group, um, blanking on his name, but Staniel Kabeni as a steeplechaser has just been incredibly good, and he seems to be taking to this cross-country pretty well. Um, and then you've got two brothers in Emmanuel Bohr and um, Hilary Bohr, who are both steeplechasers as well, and they are running at a really, really high level. And so you've got an incredible, incredible team representing Team USA. You've also got Leonard Career, who's another former Kenyan, um, who is, I'm a little surprised to see him in this field, but he, um, I mean, he's he's running incredibly, he's had an incredible last couple of years in terms of what he's been able to do and how he well he's run. So, you know, we've got this incredible team. Sounds like Kenya too. Well, it does. I mean, there's another, that's another discussion for another day. I, I still haven't had this conversation with, conversation with you, um, but, you know, you, you, there's an argument here. You know, I give we give the Bahrainians a lot of grief. Um, you know, on the women's side, especially because Bahrain uh, basically imports Kenyans. Um, they basically pay for them. <laughs> and in the U.S., um, we have Kenyans as well, but it's a very different way that the Kenyans come to the United States. And so, we'll save that conversation for another day. We don't need to get into the weeds with that. But basically. Um, Unbelievable! I think that the U.S. will have a great team. I think they'll perform really, really well. But there's just the 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 race that we're going to be seeing up top with the top five. It just, I mean, here we are. We're we're almost an hour into this conversation already, yeah. and we haven't even gotten to the women. <laughs> you think so? Let's say you think they they're gonna be right behind the the top three African countries, and then Kipchoge maybe top fifteen. I think I think Kipchichir, it's possible for him to be top ten. Okay. But but the problem is I don't see I don't because I don't know I don't know enough about these these Ethiopian team. I'm not as confident in this Ethiopian team as you are. They will be prepared and ready to go, yeah. but I'm not as confident. I don't see the kind of depth that we've seen from them in the past. But I didn't do really deep homework on each one of these other athletes, mm -hmm. given the time frame that we had. Um, so I think that the U.S. will perform well, but I don't think that they'll be. I think you're going to see Kenya and Uganda. Um, with a really low scores. And I think mm -hmm. that you'll see a bigger jump 
to Ethiopia and the U.S., although you would argue that maybe there'll be three teams that will be at low score and the U.S., but I think the U.S. are probably going to score in the 70s, and you know, in cross-country, the way that you do team scoring is the place that you finish is a number. If you get fifth place, then you get five points for your team. If you get 50th place, you get 50 points for your team. You add the top five scores up. That's how you get a score. The lowest score wins. Um, and so last World Cross Country Championships, the Kenyans scored 21 points in the Ethiopian, no, 22 points in the Ethiopian scored 21 points and they won by point or something like that, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Um, but I don't think you're seeing the same kind of level from Ethiopia. But Ethiopia will show up because this is a, you know, this is a national, there's a lot of national pride going on in the in the play here. So um, anyway, it's sad to say that we have the best field that we've ever had going to the World Cross Country Championships. And I just don't think um, if we get on this, if we get on the podium, I think it'll be an amazing, incredible performance, given how great this year is at the World Cross. Yep, I agree. All right, well, let's go into the women's race. It's not as an exciting race, although it will. Um, I do think that there are going. There are some key runners here that we want to talk about. Um, we won't go too far in depth because the depth of this field isn't um, as good. But you've got the great Helen O'Beary, who is the reigning silver medalist um, and the reigning world, who's a, who's a silver medalist from Rio, um, racing against um, Ayana. Almaz, who basically most everyone believes is a completely utter, utterly a drug cheat, which we don't have proof on, but the woman only shows up um, at certain races when she chooses to show up and nobody hears anything of her otherwise, and she broke the world record at the Olympic Games. So, um, you know, who knows what's going on with all of that. But um, And the world champ uh, last, in 2018 at the, five, at the 5K. Um, she has the Kenyan records in the mile, the 3K, and the 5K. She's run... She's um, run um, 14, I believe she's run 14, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, uh, she broke 30 minutes on that same downhill really fast cro- uh, road course. She broke 30 minutes for the 10K on that downhill course um, and has gone three for three in her latest cross-country races. Helen O'Beary, to win the World Cross-Country, cha- the US, I mean, to win um, the World Championships in the 5,000, had a blistering kick where she was being challenged stride for stride step for step and somehow she pulled off the win that day that was just an incredible race do you remember that one tomek yep i do incredible race and so we've got helen obiri who i think is the favorite and everyone probably will consider the favorite but it's hard to consider her the favorite when you've got beatrice kipchuk kipkoech in the race as well who's the reigning world champion in the steeple um she's run a she's the reigning world record holder in the steeple and she's run an incredible 1500 in the 402 range i believe so um you know just unbelievably talented and really really strong and has had had an absolutely breakout 2018 um and ran and has run incredibly well um also in the field um for kenya are uh lillian Rengurik, who was third in the 2017 at the World Cross Country Championships when they were held in Uganda, but she hasn't been running as well this year. And so, and at her, at her, the Kenyan Championships, she was 60 seconds back of Obiri um, at the Kenyan Championships. So I really don't see her really being that much of a challenge to either Kip Koech or Obiri. However, we could see a challenge um, from a little known. Um, Ethiopian named I can't even say her first name. Let's send bet. Let's send a bet. 
probably something like that. Let Senebet Gidey, G-I-D-E-Y from Ethiopia, who has run 14.13. So she's only five seconds slower um, than Helen O'Beary. Um, and she, but she won the World Junior Cross Country Champs in 2015 and 2017. And I'm telling you right now, um, she's going to be hungry. Now, she did get beat by her teammate um, at uh, her teammate, Dara Dida from Ethiopia, who ran 221 marathon um, recently and has a 1442 5K PB. But I think that Gidey may have let that race play out that way, or maybe they ran together and Dida was able to get ahead of her at the end. Because I think Gidey really is pretty much a better runner, at least at the distance that we're looking at mm-hmm. here. Um, and I think Gidey could be the one of the athletes that could really make a challenge to to um, both Obiri and Kip Chowich, Kip Kowich. Um, a couple others to mention. There's a there's a chance that Agnes Kip uh, Triprop will run. She now you're like who is she? Well, she was um, at the Olympics. She ran really really well. At World Champs. She ran really well. And at World Cross Country Champs, she was third in 2017. But we haven't seen much from her. Either she got injured or. Um, or maybe she's had a child, but we haven't seen much from her. Um, she is she didn't run the Kenyan trials, but she's on the list for competing for Kenya. So if she shows up, she's somebody people should pay attention to. And then there's two other athletes, Rose Chalimo and Eunice Chumba from Bahrain. They were ninth and eleventh in 2017, but I don't really want to talk about them, especially Rose Chalimo, because she's a fucking drug cheat. She's already been busted for drugs. <laughs> I don't even know how she got back out on the race course, and it it shame it's a shame on the sport that they allow people to come back and run at this level when they've been proven to be a drug cheat. So I don't want to say anything more except is kiss my ass, Rose Chalimo. <laughs> and and that is uh, uh, arguably. Uh, best U.S. team, right? The, oh, there's the, no doubt. Uh, I think this is one of the best U.S. women's teams we've ever had. Um, they're being led by Maria Hall, who's on, on fire right now. She had um, a bit of a challenging last year, but this past year she's been running unbelievably well. I coached Maria on college for uh, um, for three years. This young woman is an absolute class act. She's tough as nails. This is her kind of course. Tough weather, tough courses, grind it out. Mario Hall is an absolute beast. And um, I expect, I think Mario Hall, um, depending on how this race plays out, and if this race decides to get really, really um, fast early on with these speedsters banging each other up, I think there's a chance that Mario could get top five. And I think for sure she, it's possible for her to get top 10 in this race. Um, she is that kind of a runner and she's on fire right now. And so watch for Mario Hall to have a breakout performance at World Cross this year. And her teammates, Courtney Frerichs and Krista Schweitzer, are both running really, really well right now as well. But they're just not in the same category that Marielle is right now. And I think that they're as steeplechasers and they don't have 5K, 10K strength the way that Marielle has. I think they're going to have a little more of a challenge in this weather. But um, especially Schweitzer, who's more of a 5K, 10K girl. Um, you know, Frerichs might, you know, she's a really strong, incredibly tough um, steeplechaser. So, you know, that could play in her strength. But um, the other a- the other American athlete that we really need to talk about, um, and I think that if she hadn't already run 17,000 races in the last three weeks, that we probably would have be giving her a better chance here. But Steph Bruce made this team. Um, she ran at New York City in the marathon, and then she ran CIM marathon, and then she ran the U.S. Trials. Um, and for cross, and so I just worry a little bit that Steph Bruce may be a little played out right now and may be a little bit tired, but you know, 
They know what they're doing at the NAZ Elite. They get their athletes ready to go, and I'm sure that Ben Rosario would not have this ath- his athlete on the starting line if he didn't think that she was going to be able to perform well. Um, but I do think she might be just a little bit too. This might be just a little bit too much, and her season might have extended too far and tried to have a few too many peaks at this point. But suffice it to say, though, that with Steph Bruce as your third or is your third or fourth athlete, um, you're in a really good position at the world level. So I think that um, we've got a really good women's team. I think that the men's team um, may be as good as the women's team, but I don't think that the men's team is going to have the ability to compete the same way the women will for the for the for the top three. But but we'll see. You know that'll play out. I do think that there's a good chance that the U.S. could get third, but I think um, you got Kenya and Ethiopia who are just going to be way far uh, ahead of them. And um, so let's talk a little bit about how we think. Um, anything you want to talk about with any of those athletes? Um, I just ramrodded you and just went over it no, really quickly. No, but yeah, what's your what's your play on this? I can yeah I can I can I can say something when when we when we pick the winners. So yeah, let's do that then. Who do, who do you think is going to win out of those? Favorites? Well, I think this race is going to play out where um, where they're going to sit around for a while and uh, and and I don't know Gaday well enough to know what she's going to do. But she's won World Cross twice as a junior, and I think she's incredibly hungry. But I just don't see this race when it comes down to it. When they come out of when they go into that last lap, the strength of Helen O'Beary, I think, is just going to play out over everybody else. She's just too strong. Ten thousand meters is too long, and I think I would like to give Chep Koech a little bit more credit and think that she could be in there. But you know what? Before this year, she was squirrely. Do you remember that race when she jumped? I mean, she might end up running the wrong direction in the middle of the race. <laughs> I mean, hell, two years ago at the at the at the Olympics or what world champ was it the Olympics or the world champ? She she ended up missing the water, leading, not world doing champs, the water yeah. jump and jumping, not That's even right. doing the water jump. So you know, I don't really know what we can see from Beatrice Kip- Chepkowicz. I know she's incredibly talented. But her 402 PB does not do it for me when I think about the strength that Helen O'Beary has. And so I think Helen O'Beary is going to win this race. I think she's going to go and be able to run away from everybody. And even if she can't run away from everybody, even if it comes down to the last 100 to 200 meters, I think that her strength is her speed and she has incredible strong wheels. And that's just going to play out here to be better off for her at, at, at the World Champs in Cross. So I'm going to pick... Helen O'Beary for the win. And second, I'm going to give G'day. I think she's going to be strong enough. I think she's really, really hungry. And I think she's the one who's going to give O'Beary a fight. And I'm going to put um, Chep Koech at third place. And since they're going to let the drug cheat run, I'm going to put her in fourth, Rose Chalimo, because I don't know what else to say. She's probably all doped up, and she's got her cycle right. So how can you not pick her for fourth? But eventually that will get taken away from her and stripped because she's going to get found out to be the drug cheat that she is. So what do you think is going to play out? Yeah, I, as 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 you calling it, uh, Chet Kowicz as as uh, kind of still unknown. I think that's that's kind of benefit, and I think it's. Uh, I mean, her steeplechase world records the last year, and it was just. I think it was unbelievable. You know, eight forties when nobody could could even dream. You know, and and I think she she could run easily next in the next couple of years sub eight forty. Because she really didn't oh, look it was, that, it was that amazing. Strain. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think that I'm picking her for the win. Whoa! And, uh, nice. Yep, because I think it's it's a steeplechase friendly steeplechases friendly course, and I think she can. And and the fact that it's been another cycle, you know, 
of of her training and i think she's maturing and i think her 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 potential is still unknown so i think she's gonna have a good showing even though she lost to obiri in a couple times this year but i think it's it was different course obiri is faster you know so the the mud the hills the grass i think will benefit beatrice chepkowicz and i think she she's gonna she's gonna handle the conditions better helen obiri second and um, ethiopian gide third i don't know i'm guessing two kenyans will pull away and and i'm picking for the fourth the ugandan uh, athlete i i read some up about the uh, uh, stars the women's stars for that race and her name is stella chesang i'm just picking up because i like the ugandan team yeah i do too and, uh, i think they're going to have all all be firing on all cylinders and they're all going to be in a really good place i think that's a yes. really good that's a good pick i like her better than my rose chalimo so however i think uh, uh us women will beat uganda for the for the for the for the for the bronze medal uh uganda or bahrain uh hope it's uganda but I'm, I'm i'm picking uganda for fourth us for third ethiopia for second and kenya for first as a team scoring yeah i got kenya for the win ethiopia second um bahrain third and the us fourth i wish that i could put the us ahead but maybe i will i'm going to change mine i'm going to put us for three um one thing of note this is an incredible incredible streak something to talk about in the team title on the women's side um it is Never been done before, but Kenya in 2017 in Uganda had a perfect score, which means they went first, second, third, fourth, fifth. But even wow. more, they got a perfect score. Plus, they went sixth sixth place as well. They went one <laughs> through five plus sixth to score 15 points okay. at the World Cross Country Championships. Complete domination. They've dominated since 2009. A, Ethiop a Kenyan has won the individual title every year since 2009. And so um, that's another reason why I just think it would be a great story for G'day to beat Obiri or Chepkoech. But I just don't think it's going to happen. There's just too much history there. And the amount of pride that the women of Kenya have to this event, I do not see it going away. Um, I think that they're going to be um, victorious again. And that's just an incredible, incredible race performance they had in 2017. A perfect score at the World Championships is, is unbelievable. Um, especially when you're running against Ethiopia, you know, we said in the men's event, they had, it was 21 to 22 in the points and 21 to 22 points scored in a world and in, in, in a cross country meet anywhere is unbelievably low points, but to get a perfect score plus an extra athlete in there at the world championships is unheard of and just shows the domination of Kenya, even with the absolute stellar history of distance running in Ethiopia. So, so to that, you know, uh, all we're talking is Kenya, Ethiopia, maybe Uganda. So, why everyone else should come to the to the World Cross, you know, and, and even race? What's the point, right? Well, that's the what argument, right? That's the I thing. That, 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 that's what some countries think that way, or some athletes think that way. And uh, what do you think about it? I think they're punks. I think they're all <laughs> a bunch of pusses. I think they're all scaredy cats who are afraid to death of getting on a starting line against the greats. Like, how in the world do you get better if you right. don't put yourself in that position? This is the great thing about Jacob Ingerbretson getting on the starting line in that junior race. I gave him a little bit of shit about not running the senior race, but I get it. He had a hard season. But look what he's doing. He's saying, let's get our nose in there. Let's get after it. Let's do this work. And I think you're going to see Jacob Ingerbretson being an unbelievably better runner because he chose yeah. to get in that race and go after it. So here's the thing. All that's happening is that these other countries are basically saying, 
we can't win, so wah, 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 we don't want to do it. You know, I think that we should not allow them to put racers at other, the IAAF should say, then you're not allowed to, then you're only allowed to bring one person or two people to the Olympics. If you don't exactly. feel the team, then you can't, you don't get the same rights that other teams get at the Olympics or at the World Championships. And there should be, there should be serious hell to pay for not fielding a team at the World Cross Country Championships because we've got a real problem here in this, in our world. We have a, we're at the point where the 5,000 meters and the 10,000 meters are being completely pushed off the world stage. And now that's a, and, and cross country is a place where those athletes could shine. And if you're just going to give it all up, then you're basically, some of these countries are basically saying, we're not going to have any athletes from the 5,000 on up. So we're going to have 1,500 meter runners, steeplechasers, and 3K runners, but we're not, and then marathoners, but we're not going to have anybody in between. This is a scary time, Tomek. And I know you and I are going to discuss the rule that what has happened with the IAAF and the way that they have decided to kind of gut the five and the 10, it's a story for another day, but we don't need any more reasons for the 5,000 and 10,000 meter athletes to be thinking about moving up to the marathon. The marathon's a fantastic race. I love it. It's unbelievable. But in my opinion, the marathon is nowhere near as exciting as watching 5,000 and 10,000 and cross country races. They're different things altogether. You're going to keep putting our sport further and further into rarefied air to the point where it becomes unimportant and not even valued in the world to say nothing about the US. In the US we're already dead in the water. But in the world we there there is a feeling about distance running being important. But if cross country falls by the wayside on top of the five thousand being pushed out and the ten thousand being pushed out of the Diamond League races, we're in a real crisis for long distance running in the in the world in my opinion. And it's 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 very surprising because in December uh, that was beginning of December was a Eurocross champ uh, Euro European cross-country championships and they were well represented every country sent a full full squad let's say they're not turkey in this uh, world championships nobody from turkey on those guys they're not coming because they're not gonna win i and and they dominated right the, those kenyans in turkey they they dominate european countries and and they're just not coming to the world cross and you know no german men no no polish men are going to the to the uh Aarhus to race this year and and they, they can just hop in a car day before and drive you know it's just like that close and but I don't even, blame the athletes I don't right. blame the athletes I blame their federation right their federations in their countries right. and that's and those are the people who are getting paid you know what I mean they're getting paid not to put their athletes on the starting line shame on them and when our sport falls by the wayside over the next 10 to 15 years I'm going to pin it on people like that um, you know, we do everything we can possibly do to try to get this sport excited in our in our country, but we don't have a history of cross country and the five thousand and ten thousand being an event that people pay attention to, right? right. Um, but they do in Europe, and for Europeans to not field teams in this great uh, in this great a meet, and it just it's just really heartbreaking and really makes me nervous and worried about our sport long term. I think there's something really rotten in the rotten in Denmark, as as Hamlet says, right? Um, but it's not Denmark. Denmark's done their their due diligence by putting together what I think will be one of the great all time great um, world championship cross country races of all time. I just wish that we could end on a more positive note and say we feel really great about the state of our sport. Well, thanks, Denmark, for doing your job. Thanks, athletes, for doing your job. But federations, get your shit together and do like the United States. Field a really good competitive team that has a chance to get after it. Don't roll over and die. Don't roll over and say, I can't get this done. Let's make yeah. this happen and turn the sport, bring it back to it being back in its heyday because 
um, we don't we don't need to shoot ourselves in the foot anymore. And the IAAF isn't helping at all. And so federations, you should be. I think they should be punished for not fielding teams, and people should lose money or they should lose opportunity if they're not willing to commit to doing something like this. No, I completely agree, and I, I hope the the good PR from um, from this this weekend will, will spread uh, long and far, and and Yaf will see it and and kind of come to senses uh, regarding the distance running, you know, the five k and ten k, and who knows, you know, what I heard they they considering breakdance, bringing a breakdance to Olympics uh, <laughs> soon, you know, it's like what I I just it's like what? blows my mind. Just you know, like, there have been conversations about the about cross country moving to the Olympics, and that is a good thing, right? right? That could be a good thing, and but that's that. How is the IAAF going to look at bringing the Olympics to the bringing the the cross country to the olympics when we can't even get teams to f- be fielded right. like that that i'm exactly. sure the iwaf is looking at that and saying well you fuckers don't even care and you know it's just it's just it's really bad it's like getting your pants pulled down you know i feel like as a fan of cross country and as, a, as someone who's been a life you and i were both lifelong Com- competitors in in this sport and we've been loving this sport for a long time in particular cross country and i just feel like as a fan i've got my pants pulled down on me in front of you know and when i didn't expect to and it just feels like getting de-pantsed at, at the world stage is just bullshit so yeah. anyway we'll leave it with that we've we've spent an hour and 15 minutes talking about world cross if we have any listeners you guys are fucking rock stars. We love you. Um, and uh, I haven't gotten a, an email yet about the success of this uh, Fanboys um, podcast uh, series. But Tomek and I are having a fucking good time, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if any of you are still listening to us, we thank you very much. Yeah. And uh, and we'll be back. We missed you last week. We uh, ran into a couple of technical difficulties, but we will be back with you next week. I think next week we're going to be talking about London and Boston. Um, or we might actually, I've been, I haven't told Tomek this yet, but I think we might even before that, if we get a chance, I might try to do a Kipchoge special, but we'll see. Um, one way or another, we'll be back with you oh, next yeah. week on the training. Yes. On the training. I'll I think it would be a really, training, yeah. it would be really fun to have a conversation about it that. Has, so yeah. regardless, so, uh, yeah, it, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, to, to, uh, you guys can go uh, to Arhus has a has a nice Twitter Twitter feed and and they they post the the pictures we were talking about and they're gonna probably post some uh, links where you could watch the race and it's gonna be uh, Saturday March thirtieth the 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 early race starts kind of about five a.m. Uh, Central time and the main race is at eight a.m. Central time so s- s- nine a.m. Eastern time. And if you go to, if you just type Arhus, A-A-R-H-U-S, uh, 2019 uh, in Google, you'll find the Twitter feed and, and you, you, you can follow that way too. It's, it's and we'll put it really all exciting. in the show notes. Yeah, we'll put it all in the show exactly. notes and we'll also put the links to Let's Run's um, field reviews and an interesting article on, um, incredible article on the course itself. You should read that. That's a really good one. And then we'll also include the story on Kelsey Bruce and her um, her going to the world championships as the let's run.com competitor. So thanks you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Tomac. This was a lot of fun. And I know where so you and I will be at eight o'clock, um, <laughs> on, on Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thanks everybody. We'll talk to you soon.